Welcome to The Dog Show with Julie Forbes. You're listening to Alternative Talk AM 1150. Happy spring for sure. Definitely spring has sprung, it feels like, in Seattle. Flowers everywhere. It's warm. Uh, Making me nervous about dogs being left in hot cars. That's how warm it's been, although today it's a little overcast. Cooler today and a lovely day to take your dog for a walk. Really. I was kind of nice. It was kind of... It was like rainy a little bit today, and I actually kind of felt good. I think mm-hmm. I think we're so used to it that when we get long stretches, and by long stretch, I mean like a week and a half of you, sun. You and the dog just throwing a slicker on a day yeah. like today. It's yeah. perfect. It's nice. <laughs> Although I, I'm not sure that this would do uh, too much good to your hair. Uh, <laughs> you're, you're rocking kind of a higher hairstyle these days. So it's true. It seems like the rain might... Uh, play havoc with that sort of thing. Well, it can. Actually, well, yeah, you're right, Eric. It can. And, you know, there's uh, the, I was actually, you know, it's funny. There's stereotypes exist for a good reason because they're oftentimes accurate. And I was just thinking because, so I'm married to a woman. Mm-hmm. I am a dog trainer. Uh-huh. I drive a Subaru. <laughs> and now... Nothing wrong with any of those things. Now. It's all great stuff. I have just joined a softball team. (laughs) So I was kind of like, ooh, wow. Because I get enough. I mean, it's kind of annoying. I get like, you know, the Subaru jokes. Uh It's like, that's old. That's old news. But now, you know, I'm just just really fitting that stereotype. So, Well, this is how I feel when I put mayonnaise on a sandwich, whatever. Like, because I'm super white, right? (laughs) You know, so it's like, yes, yes, I'm. Super white. Oh, Eric. <laughs> yeah, well. But there's nothing wrong with it. It's just enjoy your life, right? That's right. Don't worry about stereotypes. Don't worry about what other people think. Hey, be you who like you- mayo, <laughs> spread that mayo. Be who you are. That's right. Yeah. Be authentic and do what feels good. Throw the dogs in the back of the Subaru. <laughs> go somewhere new. Go to the softball game. Take a nice ride. Yeah. yeah take a nice walk. Sure. Nothing it's all wrong. good. Um. So let's see. Got a few different topics in today's show. Uh, in the second segment, I'm going to be talking with Andrew Clark, who is a uh, inventor and um, he's a doctor, but I think it's like a PhD in something technological. I'm assuming, but we'll find out in the second segment when we talk to him. He has a Kickstarter campaign going for his smart mat. Okay. which is a weight-sensitive uh, mm-hmm. mat that you can put under various things, and it sends you an alert via Wi-Fi that, you know, your dog is on it and, you know, wants to come in inside, for example, so you can put it under a doormat outside or whatever. So so you might be able to get to the door before the dog stands up and scratches the heck out of, the, yeah. out of your screen door and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, he's got lots of different applications for this for dogs and cats. So we're going to talk to him in the second segment and then I have some announcements, some events um, coming up, uh, and then um, also want to talk today about leash walking. Uh, my area of expertise is dog training and behavior, and I do in-home private lessons in the greater Seattle area. My company is called Sensitive Dog, and you can find me online at sensitivedog.com. I've been doing this work for over 13 years now. And... Um, you know, in this show, I do a lot, mostly interviews of other people, and then every once in a while, I talk about my area of expertise, training, and behavior. 
And I just was meeting with a client yesterday and uh, talking quite in depth about leash walking and different training tools and what do you, you know, head collars and harnesses and co- regular collars and training collars and all this stuff. So I'm going to get into some um, depth about that. But, you know, I was um, talking to a different client and they had, uh, she had listened to a few podcasts. Um, so this show airs live every Wednesday at two right now um, on Alternative Talk AM 1150 in Western Washington. It's also streaming live via the station's website, 1150kknw.com, and also streaming live through blogtalkradio.com. And of course, all of our shows are archived on our website, dogradioshow.com, and on iTunes as a free podcast. So take your pick. Easy, lots of great ways to listen to the show. And um, this client, who actually the dog, they have a Springer, English Springer Spaniel. And I posted a picture of him on our Facebook page of Boone and I out yesterday working on his leash walking. Um, He's just started lunging at strangers, um, kind of all of a sudden. And he's about three years old. And um, anyway, if you want to see a picture of him and I or some pictures of us yesterday out and about, you can go to our Facebook page. Just search for The Dog Show with Julie Forbes. Anyway, so she was listening. She said she listened to a few of the podcasts. And she said, who's the guy? (laughs) I said, oh, that's Eric. (laughs) (laughs) So, Eric, for those people who maybe have heard a show where I don't specifically acknowledge you, Shame on me. Um, Eric is our booth engineer and program coordinator here at KKNW and has been um, with us at the dog show for since we started. How long have you been with KKNW? Uh, 14 years now. Wow. Well, coming up on 14 years in May. Oh. So. Great. Pretty, pretty close. You started at KKNW. Before it was KKNW, yeah. Really? Yeah. That's not what I was about to say. <laughs> oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> what was it before? It was KSRB, Solid Gold Soul. Ooh. Wow. That's different. Uh, well, you started at KKNW right before I started my apprenticeship in dog training and behavior. Wow. How about that? About six months, I think. Um, anyway, Eric is the the voice um, other than me every show, except for when he's on vacation. So that's who that's who the guy is. <laughs> Eric has... And happy to be here every week. Two or three cats? I We do have three cats living with us and now. And a dog. And a dog, yeah. So you guys Abby sort the of, Beagle. You guys sort of Brady bunched it when... Kind of, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. Eric had two cats, and then his girlfriend had a cat and a dog. And, and a turtle. And a turtle. So, <laughs> yes. yeah, there you go. Abby the Beagle. If only we could get a maid like Alice, <laughs> then we'd really be happy. If only. <laughs> well, um... So that's Eric, and um, now Eric, the smart mat that I talked about, I'm going to be talking with the inventor in the second segment here in just a few minutes. You know, I was thinking an application you could use this for in your home for your cats is you could put the mat underneath your litter box. Mm. Um, So, you know, in case you wanted to somehow track when your cats use the litter box. Hmm. You know, actually, we've got uh, what's called a, a litter robot, um, so it kind of automatically does that already. So. Cleans? Yeah. The cleaning thing? Yeah, it's nice. They hop in, and it uh, turns on a timer, and they climb out, and then 10 minutes later, it 
sorts all the stuff and <laughs> puts it in a little drawer down underneath. So you, um, you, this is working well for you? Yeah. This kind yeah. of thing? Yeah, it's yeah. great. Yeah. I've seen those before, but it's been a long time. They're a little bit expensive, but yeah. boy, they sure are nice to be able to just go dump that uh, drawer once a week rather than, yeah. you know, have to go in there and hand scoop every, every day. Yeah. Well, and the cats probably like it because it keeps the box clean exactly. and clear for them, especially with three of them. Mm-hmm. Is it is it quite a large device? It's it's a little bit large, yeah, because there's a globe that they climb into, and then the globe spins and empties out the, the waste. So, globe? Uh, we've got two of them, though, so. Oh. Yeah, got to spread it out between the cats. You're throwing me off with the globe idea. I'm going to have to look this up. It's, it's enclosed? Yeah, Oh. Yep. Yeah, it's like a ball. So it doesn't have a rake that comes through. No, oh, that's the one I've seen. I've tried those, and n- not the best results. Oh, actually. Okay, because that's kind of the feedback I had heard about those. So this is a whole different design. Whole different design. It's a smart de- design, I think. They climb into the globe. Yep. <laughs> climb in the globe, do their business. And... Well, and that probably helps for them, like not kicking litter out onto the. Like if when they kind of scratch, litter can fly out of the thing. Does it help guard that too? It does, yeah, but they do still somehow manage to kick litter out. Sure. But I tell you what's brilliant about it. If you're a household with cats and dogs, anybody that's had that combination knows that dogs can sometimes go places where they shouldn't go, like the litter box, and pick out things sure. that they shouldn't pick out. Well, this keeps all that stuff in a drawer underneath, so there's no dog access to right. it. Right. So, yeah, it's it's a clean solution and keeps doggy's breath a little fresher. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. I was trying to keep that delicate because it well, it's yucky, but, uh, yeah, yeah. dogs, they, they do that. <laughs> yeah, they sure do. They love it. Um, good point. So do you know the name of it, just for people who might have cats who might want to know the globe. Thing. Yeah, it's Litter Robot. Litter Robot. Mm-hmm. There you go. Little uh, little tip for you cat people. Some cats uh, aren't so happy to use them, but uh, if you've got a cat that will use it, it's the best thing. Cool. I'll have to check that out. Um, you know, just quickly since we're on the topic of house training, um, for dogs... Uh, I just wanted to mention for people who might have puppies or dog, any really any age dog, but especially puppies that they're in the process of house training, which can be a very time-consuming, long process. Some dogs get it really quickly. Other dogs have trouble. I'm working with a client, just about to start working with a client right now because the dogs, two dogs, are a year and a half old and are not house trained and, in fact, are like having behavioral house training problems, peeing on beds and couches and carpets and all that kind of thing. And she said, because um, they haven't really done any formal obedience training yet. Mm-hmm. And she was like, well, I was just kind of waiting for the house training to get set before we did, you know, obedience training. Mm-hmm. And actually... The obedience training really, really helps with house training efforts because you're just working on communication and especially for behavioral house training challenges. Sometimes dogs do it because they're bored or there's not enough structure. They're, they, don't, they don't have a constructive outlet for their mental energy. 
you know, so it, it's actually sort of reversed. I mean, I totally get the logic of thinking like, you, like first things first, let's get them house trained first. But don't wait to, there's no reason to wait to do just basic obedience training because you're learning how to communicate and educate your dog and connect with them in a way that burns mental energy, establish a dynamic. I mean, there's so much that goes on with that. So I just wanted to throw that out there for people who might um, share that sentiment. No reason to wait. And in fact, it will help your efforts. Um, So we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk with Andrew Clark, who is the inventor of the Smart Mat, a weight-sensitive mat that uh, communicates to you via Wi-Fi that um, your dog is on the mat ready to come in or your cat or there's all sorts of other applications too. So we'll be back in just a few minutes. You're listening to The Dog Show with Julie Forbes. Natural Pet Pantry is Seattle's original source for wholesome dog and cat meals, offering eight different proteins to accommodate your pet's dietary needs. Made locally using all U.S. sourced ingredients, their freshly ground stews, raw or cooked, can be purchased from their Burien shop, most independent pet supply stores, or delivered right to your home. Natural Pet Pantry will even work with your vet to custom blend a prescription diet for your pet's unique needs. Go to naturalpetpantry.com for more information. Natural Pet Pantry. It just makes sense. This is Martha Norwalk, every Sunday morning beginning at 9 a.m. Thanks in part to Dr. Bill Burlingame and Immune Tabs, we cover the world of animals. This week, April 20th, it's Easter with Kevin McDonald and Kim Miller Medium and Animal Intuitive. It's also their farewell show. Due to busy schedules, they're stepping away from the microphones, so it's your last chance to let Kim help you connect with your animal or human loved ones on this side or the other, and to thank them and wish them well. Martha Norwalk's Animal World, Sunday morning, 9 a.m. to noon, right here on Alternative Talk, a.m. 11. This is Julie Forbes, dog training, behavior, and nutrition specialist and owner of Sensitive Dog, thoughtful guidance for you and your dog. If your dog needs basic obedience training, a behavior evaluation, or food consultation, I can help you. Call me at 206-372-7399 or visit my website, www.sensitivedog.com. I teach group obedience classes, in-home lessons, and evaluations, and a two-week intensive training program called Higher Education. Again, I'm Julie Forbes, Seattle's dog behavior training and nutrition specialist www.sensitivedog.com Real people, real life, real radio. Really. Alternative Talk 1150. Welcome back to The Dog Show with Julie Forbes. And we're back with Andrew Clark, who sent me an email a few weeks ago about his invention, the smart mat. Andrew, welcome to The Dog Show. Thanks for having me on. So you have a Kickstarter campaign going, um, and it's you have this like weight-sensitive mat that is connected through Wi-Fi to different options. So for dogs specifically, it lets you know, like, for example, if you place it outside your door, 
if the dog is standing on the mat or sitting on the mat, it lets mm-hmm. you know the dog is there if you're in another part of the house and don't hear them or something. Or That's right. Yeah, it's a force-sensitive polymer that has an accuracy around 25 pounds, so even for different sized dogs. Um, but the, the main thing it can do is send a signal like a text message or email or to, say, your cell phone if you have it on you. And if you want to program it to, say, wait 30 seconds after they're sitting on it so you know that they're kind of ready to come in and to step on it inadvertently, it'll uh, send you a message and let you know to go get the dog. So did you say floor-sensitive? Um, Force-sensitive or weight-sensitive. Force. Yeah. <laughs> Got it. Okay. Force-sensitive. Okay, so weight-sensitive mat. So this is like I try to um, – I appreciate – the like the technology involved and it and because it totally is mind-boggling to me this is not an area that I have really much knowledge about at all (laughs) Um, and it's like how on I mean I so you're a doctor is this like a um, technology doctorate Uh, it is and bioengineering actually is what my formal education's in and the uh, technology that's behind this SmartMat is was developed for orthopedics. For mm-hmm. you ever heard of um, artificial knee implants? Oh. Um, when I was in graduate school, we were developing a, a material to be able to measure forces and pressures in the artificial knee joint to make the joints last longer in patients. Um, and kind of discovered a certain polymer film we could use to that could measure forces or, or weight if you put it on the floor. Mm-hmm. And um, this is. Something I had sitting under under the office door when he'd walk in, it would light a light bulb for a couple years and had the idea to really to get it out there for pet usage is the main idea for this Kickstarter. And then we had some other ideas to put on the Kickstarter page for, you know, like smart home automation type things and monitoring people walking in and out of out of your house. But the pet idea was the, the main idea that we thought, you know, people might be interested in that. And you have a dog. I do, yeah. One my, dog? My wife's dog, yep. One dog and three cats. Okay, just like Eric. Um, and this is a poodle mix? It is, yep. And you can see him, and it's a boy? It is. And you can see him in the video, so I posted... He is, he's the star of one of our videos. <laughs> <laughs> I posted a link to the video about the mat that sort of goes through the different options, and, and what's your dog's name? It's Fabby. Fabby? Is uh, in... Short for fabulous. Okay. So long story behind the name, but how old is he? Um, about five years old, we think. We actually, he was somewhat of a rescue. Uh, my wife got him from a friend who had, uh, or not a friend, but got him through a friend who he was need a home. So mm-hmm. he's about five years old though. Cute. So he was demonstrating, and and he was you know standing on the mat so you basically put this thin plastic mat underneath like your doormat right just underneath any typical doormat and, and then outside or inside the door yeah inside if you want to know when they want to go out or vice versa and then if you're wherever in the house it can and what are the different types of alerts that it can send like a um, text message or email you said that's right yeah you can set it up for a text or email and it it's got a web page interface to where you can program it so you can select what you want it to do, and then it'll do that thing from then on. Um, but a text or email, it can also do some stuff. Uh, you know, uh, send a Twitter message if you want it, or um, 
log data to Google Docs. If you have a spreadsheet on Google Documents, it can update that. It may not be quite as uh, useful for the pet mm -hmm. uh, scenario, but... You know, when I was watching the video, because you, you have all these different, like you can put a, you can put it underneath a couch cushion, which, and then you can program it to then, as a result of sensing the weight, like if you sit on the couch, it can turn the TV on for you, or yeah, that's right. if you... It, we have an optional power strip it can come with, and so you can program that power strip, or there are some other home automation products out there that it can interface with, but to, yeah, you can have it do a lot of interesting things if you want, or even put it under a bed mattress to turn the lights off when you sit in the bed and turn them on when you get back out. Right. Gone are the days of the clapper, huh? Yeah. Uh, you know, I, still, <laughs> I still wonder how that clapper didn't make it quite as big everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I thought how, I mean, it's kind of a, a way for people if they wanted to get information, like I thought of parents Mm -hmm. wanting to, like, I don't know if there were, if if there was one, for example, like at the front door, then when somebody comes home, they get, a, you know, so it's almost a way to, like, track certain be, yeah. behaviors it, of, of even family members. I mean, not in, like, a bad way, but. Right. Well, we're thinking of, you know, like, if you've got if two working parents or and then children coming home from school and they wanted to know when the, when the kids arrive home, it can. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Be set up to do that. So. And then when you said um, initially where it turned a light on or something, I thought that would be great for hearing impaired people to let them know when someone's at the door. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, very interesting. It, again, sort of blows my mind how you can be like, oh, yeah, you program it to do this and that. And just exactly how that how that actually works is kind of. <laughs> Mind-boggling. Well, you know, iPhones out these days and smartphones, it's, it's amazing how, as an engineer and technologist, how I've come along since the early 2000s, how yeah. stuff like that really is almost second nature to a very large amount of people. So yeah. exciting times for that. Yeah, it really is. And lots of creative, um, you know, creative stuff coming out um, like this. So what gave you the idea? Well, I know you said that you were doing um, knee, you know, that this technology was introduced to you through your graduate work. Mm -hmm. But then was this, did this arise out of what you felt like was a need specifically dog related? Um, a little bit, yeah. I mean, we, I, I said I had a um, format at the door of, of our office and every once in a while we'd have people saying, oh, you know, this would be great for for this or that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the, the the majority of people that said that were saying, you know, I wish I had one of these to tell me when my dog wants to come in. <laughs> yeah. Instead of scratching off the door or something. So, yeah, mm -hmm. we, we had that suggestion a lot. So, And so how Kickstarter works is that you have created a campaign, and mm -hmm. then are people um, ordering them or just contributing, or how does that work? Um, it, It's really... It's a, a contribution, but it it for this type of project where there's a a deliverable if you choose it can be thought of as a pre order also. Uh huh. And so for the there's different pledge levels. There's you know if people are interested but don't want to do seventy five dollars for a full mat, there's just any any contribution is appreciated. So but their pledge levels they have. But so for seventy five dollars you can 
pre-order a mat that will get it to you this summer. Um, you know, we still have some left with June expected June shipping date. So, mm-hmm. and um, that would get you a full smart mat. And, cool. And that includes. Does that include the um, power strip too? Um, we have a, a higher pledge level that, for the power strip because we okay. have to have the second set of electronics for the power strip. Yeah. And so that's the $135 pledge level. Uh-huh. And um, where are you, where do you live? Um, in Greenville, South Carolina, actually. South Carolina. Yeah. I have friends in Charleston. Oh, yes. Very nice area there, too. Yeah. They like to surf. Good area for it. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, very cool. Um, it really interesting stuff. Tons of applications, not just for dogs. Now, I saw that there was a cat in your video as well. So did you say that there is a weight? Like how heavy does, how sensitive is the mat? Does it have to, does the um, weight have to be a certain poundage or more? Mm-hmm. Or it, It's actually, it's pretty sensitive. It, the, what, what it's weakest thing is accuracy. So you wouldn't use it as a bathroom scale, say. Um, Got it. it. It would, one day it might tell you weigh 130 pounds, the next day it may say 150. Okay. Um, so the accuracy is about 25 pounds. However, the sensitivity is very high. So you know, even a small animal walking on it will give it an output. And in terms of sending a text message, you can, in the where you program the mat or select the options as far as the what we call the triggers and the alerts, mm-hmm. um, you could have it do um, something where a cat would not trigger it, but a large dog would, and then an adult person would not. Oh, got it. So you can a- ask it to just let you know about certain ranges. Right. So it's like kind of a slot range of weight. So right. You know, not, not a precise weight, but a sure. you know, broad range of weight. And we say around 25 pounds. So it's, we're going to have selections of, you know, do you have it text you when anything below 25, pound go, 25 pounds goes on it or something between 25 and 75 pounds or right. et cetera, et cetera. Not going to let you know every time a mouse uh, runs over. Or something Probably like not. That. No, <laughs> not something that light. But uh, <laughs> yeah, the the little bit heavier the doormat to get a an initial reading out of it. Right. And then from then up. Cool. Is this your first invention? Um, yeah, it, the technology is related around that. I, I did a um, another Kickstarter campaign and um, last fall mm-hmm. um, using the same material but in much smaller format mm-hmm. where people could just cut and make their own sensors for. Um, computer microcontrollers. If you've ever heard of an Arduino, it's a DIY microcontroller where you can program a little handheld computer to do a bunch of different things. Okay. And this is this was kind of this other Kickstarter project was for sensors or switches focused towards people interested in those kind of things. Hmm. Interesting. Really doesn't mean anything to me, but that's uh, that's okay. It's not my language. That's right. And so <laughs> for this one, the goal was to to make it a little bit to take the same technology but you know say here here is the idea for it is a you know mat for dogs or some of the other explanations we talked about and it's yeah. a finished product ready to be used rather than something the user would make themselves right yeah i mean there's definitely i'm my mind is um definitely spinning with lots of different just the idea that you can track because it doesn't just let you know when there's somebody there, but there's also, you know, a way for it to log the information too. Mm-hmm. So if there was any reason that you wanted to track traffic or, 
a, a time when somebody's occupying a, any space for any reason, this can actually just do it for you. And yeah, that's right. We've got a lot of interest from you know, department and chain store types of things where they want to know if somebody's standing at a certain display in the aisle or something. Right, like right. That. Yeah, totally. You know, so many. That's that, that turned out that may be a big area we, we could get into with it. Yeah. So. And is there anything like this that, you know, for this made for this kind of thing that exists? We're not aware of any of that track weight. You know, there's a lot of motion sensors that are out there that you know, do a good job for their thing. But, you know, th- this is somewhat unique in that you can very unobtru- unobtrusively yeah. and, you know, without video and complicated software to do video recognition to tell a little bit more about the type of person, you know. Yeah. You know, you can tell child versus adult or sure. pet, or obviously. Hmm. Well, very interesting. I wish you luck on your campaign. And well, thank uh, thanks for reaching out to us and letting us know about this very cool, unique product. It's called a Smart Mat. And you can go to kickstarter.com. And if people just search Smart Mat, will they find you that way? Yeah, I think it pulls right up if you search Smart Mat. It's one word. Okay. And then I've also posted links directly to the Smart Mat on Kickstarter both on our Facebook page and on our homepage, which is dogradioshow.com, so you can get to Andrew and his smart mat through there as well. So uh, good luck to you, and um, give Fabby a a hug and kiss from the dog show here in Seattle. Will do. All right, thanks. All right, we'll be back in just a few minutes. We'll be talking about leash walking and more. You're listening to The Dog Show with Julie Forbes. This is a story of famous dog. For the dog that chases its tail, we'll be busy. These are clapping dogs, rhythmic dogs, harmonic dogs, house dogs, street dogs. Hey Seattle, this is Julie Forbes. When I got engaged a couple of years ago, one of the first things my fiance said about our wedding was, we need a wedding planner. I thought to myself, what do we need a wedding planner for? We hired Jenny Harding and New Chapter Weddings, and I now know there is no way we could have done it without her. If you are planning a wedding or corporate event, do yourself a favor and hire New Chapter Wedding and Event Planning. They did an amazing job for us, and they will for you. Find them online at newchapterweddings.com. Conversations Live with Vicki St. Clair discusses issues that are important to you, like good health and well-being, finding a new job, and building your business overcoming life's big challenges, and making sense out of chaos, and living with passion and joy. Join us Mondays at noon Pacific for Conversations Live with Vicki St. Clair. See conversationslive.net for show schedule and guest information. Natural Pet Pantry is Seattle's original source for wholesome dog and cat meals, offering eight different proteins to accommodate your pet's dietary needs. Made locally using all U.S.-sourced ingredients, their freshly ground stews, raw or cooked, can be purchased from their Burien shop, most independent pet supply stores, or delivered right to your home. Natural Pet Pantry will even work with your vet to custom blend a prescription diet for your pet's unique needs. Go to naturalpetpantry.com for more information. Natural Pet Pantry. It just makes sense. Outside the box, outside the norm, inside your radio. Alternative Talk 1150. Nasty dogs. Oh. Oh. Oh, Tommy. 
Welcome back to The Dog Show with Julie Forbes. Eric does such a good job with the music. Thank, oh, you. thank you. Thank you, Eric. I was thinking of the uh, atomic dog as being the futuristic dog that would be stepping on this automatic mat that we talked about. That's and right. And it would open the door for him. That's right. Um, yeah, I think the reason why it's so, like, my mind is, I I have a science background and I've done lots of interviews with various scientists and vets and all that kind of stuff. And I like to get into depth about, you know, the physiology. And so I can think in depth about like how the body works or chemistry and stuff like that. But when it gets computer language, like so my mind wants to go to that level of depth of understanding how does that mat sense the weight and then communicate it to whatever. It's sort of like, it's very mind-blowing to me. I mean, and it, you know, because my mind wants to go into, like, I want to understand it on, like, its most basic level, Mm -hmm. and it's just an area I have no experience with at all. So it's really fun to talk to these types. Andrew's um, expertise is in um, bioengineering, so cool. Mm-hmm. And then I talked with, um, I can't remember his name, but it was a few weeks ago, um, the guy who did the um, Toy Box right. Kickstarter campaign yeah. again, where the... Um, kind of got a little series going on here. Yeah. No. Well, I think maybe Andrew... Future inventions for uh, yeah. our doggy friends. Yeah, via Kickstarter. But that was a toy box that every time the dog went and put a toy away, it dispensed, it, you know, spit out a few treats and... Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just really cool to to talk to those types of minds on the dog show. Really, nothing's off limits here. Um, so I wanted to talk about leash walking. Uh, you know, I tend to have themes, common themes that sort of come in in waves with my training clients, which is what I do full time outside of the radio show. I do private lessons with dog training and behavior, and I've got a lot of leash walkers right now just general haven't learned to walk on a loose leash i've got a uh, golden retriever i'm meeting with tomorrow who drags his owner down the street and i mean i think has even dragged her off her feet Uh, i've got a springer spaniel right now that i'm working with who has just started lunging at strangers on leash i have a shiba inu right now who um lunges and barks especially at children but is also just very reactive in the environment when out on leash 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 and then i had a conversation last night i did a private lesson with a owner of a local pet store and we were talking about leash walking as part of our session and she said you know what do i you know what do i tell people when they come in and ask my employees about what to, you know, they've got a dog and what should they get for leash walking because there's so many different mm-hmm. harnesses and head collars and martingale collars and regular collars and training collars. Well, and what, I mean, what's a martingale collar? Because I, I haven't run across that yet. Martingale collar is a like a regular collar, like not usually nylon material mm-hmm. that has a added feature like an, a sort of loop, an added loop that you clip the leash to so that if the dog 
pulls or so either forward or backwards that the collar just tightens a bit. Mm. And it's they're especially popular for dogs who have backed out of collars before. So dogs okay. who will actually refuse to walk or back up, mm-hmm. like if they're fearful, like the Shiba Inu that I'm working with right now, who's very fearful out on leash. She's on a Martingale collar um, because she'll that if she's on a regular collar, it's going to pop over her head and then there's no dog on leash. Right. Not good, especially if they're freaked out because then they'll just, you know, take off. Um, head collars, you know, halties and gentle leaders and then harnesses. And then there's the front clipping harnesses. I mean, it's like, how are people supposed to know what is, you know, what's going to be the best fit for their dog? And it's tough because I didn't, you know, she asked me, well, what do I, you know, how do I handle this? Or what do I tell my employees? And I was like, I don't know, because every dog is different. I mean, I, I, I say that probably every Every lesson, because it's one of the most important things, every dog is a unique individual. So what works for leash walking for your beagle is different than what might work for my cattle dog Mm -hmm. versus my lab versus that person's Springer Spaniel versus this person's boxer versus this person, whatever. And it doesn't necessarily have to do with breed. It's just individual. Um, Now, so there's so many different tools. And I think one of the mistakes that we make is focusing too much on what we clip the leash to, to be the way that we communicate with the dog. Because, you know, anytime we're trying to educate our dog or communicate something to our dog, like, for example, I'd like you to walk at my side when I ask you to, um, that you know, well, well, let's speak their language if we're trying to communicate and educate with them. And their language is not words, and it certainly doesn't have anything to do with leashes. So using your body as best you can. So I want to give you a tip. If you have a dog that's pulling or getting ahead of you or, you know, or just you're, where you're having a hard time teaching them to kind of like back up on leash when you ask them to, is to use your body. And... This has, I've seen this be very, very effective in um, teaching dogs to back up. If you're walking with your dog, you get them, you start off, get them at your side, and then ask them, you know, whatever word you want to use for it, whether it's heel or right here or with me or whatever. It doesn't matter what you say. Just be consistent. So pick what word or phrase you would like to use to identify to your dog that you'd like them to walk at your side. And then you tell them that when they're at your side. So I use right here most commonly. So you get the dog at your side and then you say right here and then you start walking. And when they get ahead of you, you before they get too far ahead of you, so so you don't want to run into the middle of their body when you do this. But if you turn quickly into them and like cut them off with your body in a way where you kind of hit hit their shoulder but you're ahead enough of them that their head just turns to the side and then you just change direction. But it's not the function of the changing of direction that is getting their attention. It's what you're doing specifically with your body. So you're walking, your dog starts to get ahead. You might have to kind of speed up a little bit for a couple steps and then bam, change direction, walk right in front of them, cut them off with your body 
and then they'll turn with you as you then walk in the other direction. And usually, again, every dog is different, so this might not work with everybody's dog, but this will work with a lot of people's dogs if you've never tried this before. Um, If you need to shuffle your feet as you're turning in to help give you more stability, or if you have a little dog especially, I think this is a little bit harder almost to work on with little dogs because it's there's a you have to be more precise with your movement. Big dog, you can just kind of barge in front of them, and if they bounce off of you, it's not a big deal. But a little dog, of course, we don't want to step on them or anything like that or trip. So shuffling your feet and keeping them really close to the ground can be a good tip for that. Um, but it gets their attention because then they're like, whoa, what did you just do? And then, you know, you do it a few times, and a lot of times what I see dogs do is they adjust themselves and back up a little bit so that they can see you, so that you're in their line of vision, so that they can keep an eye on you. Because they're like, oh, I don't know what you're going to do, you know, at any given moment. You might change direction all of a sudden, and if you do, I want to I want to see that happen. So I'm going to adjust myself, back up a little bit. I can see you right there out of the corner of my eye, and so therefore I can also look around and, you know, enjoy the walk. They don't have to be glued to you and, you know, making eye contact the whole time. You're just asking them to have some awareness of where you are on leash and just that you exist. Because a lot of times what happens when people leave the house is that the dogs are everywhere but with you. And so the focus part of it is really, I think, the really the challenge is getting the focus. The position is almost secondary to that. So... Turning into them abruptly and changing direction, or you can turn into them so that you're facing them, shuffle into them a couple steps to back them up, and then face the direction you were walking and continue to walk that way. So that's a way to, there's sort of two different variations. That's a way to sort of correct that they've gotten ahead of you but then you face front again and keep going in the same direction, and you can play with both of these. Um, It is a little awkward, and it does require some quick movement on your part, so wear your, you know, tennis shoes, um, you know, stable shoes. Don't do this in heels or wedges or flip-flops or, you know, anything like that because you do want to be able to move quickly and, and have some stability in your feet. And it can feel kind of awkward and messy and, like, flailing, but it is so effective to just use your body with your dog to communicate when possible because there's no translation. That is dog, and they just get it. Um, So try that with your leash walking, and then you're not worrying necessarily. You can just have a regular flat collar on or a um, harness that, not the one that clips in the front that has the, strap across the chest, but the harness that has the, the the wide strap down the middle of the chest that goes in between the front legs, that's the harness that actually protects the dog structurally, not the kind that has the strap across the chest. I'm actually not really a fan of those, and they are so popular. And um, I don't like all that um, material around the dog's shoulders, and I don't like that it sort of either pinches or squeezes the shoulders as the dog is trying to walk or tweaks them to one side or the other. Um, so just a little note on that. So it's, it really it takes the pressure off of what you put on the dog and what you clip the leash to because you're establishing with your body, hey, 
when I ask you to, you need to stay at my side. So try that. Use your body when you can. Dogs get it. It's amazing. Um, I mean, it totally makes sense, but we just don't think about it. You know, oh, I'll just try to speak to the dog in their language, and it's amazing how quickly they can get it. I've had a lot of success using this really quickly with dogs, so give it a try. Um, All right, well, we'll be back in just a few minutes. We're going to take a quick break. You're listening to The Dog Show with Julie Forbes. I'm just a-walking my dog, singing my song, strolling along. It's just me and my dog, catching some sun, we can't go my love was lonely and blue. Yeah, I was sad as a sailor. Natural Pet Pantry is Seattle's original source for wholesome dog and cat meals, offering eight different proteins to accommodate your pet's dietary needs. Made locally using all U.S. sourced ingredients, their freshly ground stews, raw or cooked, can be purchased from their Burien shop, most independent pet supply stores, or delivered right to your home. Natural Pet Pantry will even work with your vet to custom blend a prescription diet for your pet's unique needs. Go to naturalpetpantry.com for more information. Natural Pet Pantry. It just makes sense. Hi, I'm Pat Pauly. Tune into my show, Get Active, each Tuesday at 12 noon on Alternative Talk 1150. Each week, we invite a guest to talk about one of the wonderful activities in the Puget Sound region, ones that you may want to participate in. We'll focus on how adult beginners can comfortably get into all of these activities. You'll learn a lot about how you can get active. Be sure to listen. That's Get Active with me, Pat Pauly, at 12 noon each Tuesday on Alternative Talk. 1150. This is Julie Forbes, dog training, behavior, and nutrition specialist and owner of Sensitive Dog, thoughtful guidance for you and your dog. If your dog needs basic obedience training, a behavior evaluation, or food consultation, I can help you. Call me at 206-372-7399 or visit my website, www.sensitivedog.com. I teach group obedience classes, in-home lessons, and evaluations, and a two-week intensive training program called Higher Education. Again, I'm Julie Forbes, Seattle's Dog Behavior Training and Nutrition Specialist, www.sensitivedog.com. Hey Seattle, this is Julie Forbes. When I got engaged a couple of years ago, one of the first things my fiance said about our wedding was, we need a wedding planner. I thought to myself, what do we need a wedding planner for? We hired Jenny Harding and New Chapter Weddings, and I now know there is no way we could have done it without her. If you are planning a wedding or corporate event, do yourself a favor and hire New Chapter Wedding and Event Planning. They did an amazing job for us, and they will for you. Find them online at newchapterweddings.com. Ahead of the talk radio curve, naturally. Alternative Talk 1150. Welcome back to The Dog Show with Julie Forbes. And, you know, we say every week what a great day it is to take your dog for a walk. I talked in the last segment about some a little leash walking tip if you have a dog that kind of chronically gets ahead of you and you haven't been able to teach them to walk at your side, something that I've done um, with lots of dogs with great success, very simple, and just using your body. 
Um, but, you know, a lot of people have challenges with their dogs walking on leash and, you know, really big challenges like this dog I'm meeting with tomorrow who just, you know, drags his owner. He's a big golden retriever and he just drags her. I think he's even knocked her off the feet, off her feet. And so it, it sort of like becomes this vicious cycle because then the dogs, you know, they're miserable. The people are miserable trying to walk the dogs who are unmanageable on leash. And so then the dogs don't get out for walks, which then... Did she try roller skates? Yeah. Right. <laughs> Letting the yeah. dog do the driving. And... Yeah. In full body armor. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, and then the dog gets this and this, so then the dog's not getting the exercise, and then that makes it worse. And then the next time they get out on leash, the dog's even crazier, you know, and it just really feeds in. So it's it's really great when people, you know, from my perspective, have me out, address the leash walking, get it so that it's not just manageable, but, you know, even enjoyable so that you can get out more with your dog and, you know, enjoy the enjoy the lovely weather wherever you are. Uh, Eric, you said you had a question or two. Yeah, just on the, the subject of dog walking, um, what about, uh, what are your thoughts on when a dog encounters another dog? Now, as great a companion as dogs can be, they can be quite aggressive when they see another dog or another dog could just kind of come up out of nowhere and be aggressive towards your dog. How do you handle a situation like that? Great question. And unfortunately, um, so... You know, dogs meeting dogs on leash is not an ideal setting Mm -hmm. for a lot of dogs. So very, very common for dogs who are fine with other dogs off leash. Uh, But on leash, they're not comfortable or they've had a bad experience with another dog on leash or they just, the you know, the dogs can feel very frustrated on leash. And then they get excited when they see another dog, but then they're held back. And so then that turns into aggressive behavior because they're frustrated and blah, blah, blah. And then there's also situations like if you're walking your dog and then another dog approaches you off leash, Mm -hmm. which, I mean, really just shouldn't happen, ideally. Shouldn't shouldn't it, but does. It does, often, but really, it, it really shouldn't at all. But it does more than, you know, it shouldn't at all, but it does a lot, unfortunately. And the thing, you know, people say, oh, he's friendly, you know, calling ahead. It's like, well, that's half the equation because you don't know whether my dog is friendly or not. Right. So, you know, best way to handle that, um, if the dog is upon you, so assuming that the dog is not just coming and attacking your dog, Mm -hmm. but kind of just runs up into your space. And if your dog is is sort of okay with other dogs, generally, keeping the leash loose. Like if they're going to meet, there's no reason to to pull back on your dog because that's going to just send tension into the interaction. It's going to change your dog's body language. So if you pull back on leash, it might lift up your dog's shoulders and then that might be read by the other dog as, you know, it's so changing your dog's body language and also just not giving your dog the ability to sort of move freely and communicate with their body to the dog that's coming up, letting them sniff each other's butts or whatever is going to happen. Unfortunately, though, you know, I've had people, you know, too many people share with me that they 
their dog was attacked. You know, they had a dog that was just aggressive, flat out dog aggressive and came up and just attacked their dog. And, you know, I don't know what to tell people other than to carry pepper spray or something Mm -hmm. or a citronella spray or an extra leash. You know, I mean, it's a tough situation because it one shouldn't happen. And two, you know, you are you have your dog on leash and then there's some off leash dog. And so what are you supposed to do if, if that dog is aggressive? Aside from, you know, a squirt bottle or, you know, something physical there to actually interrupt something if it does happen. And squirt bottle would work if a dog is like really not that aggressive, but just sort of menacing. That will work for a lot of dogs mm. or taking the top off of the bottle and then just dousing. the. You know, I mean, right. it's there's lots Anything of thing to interrupt its yeah. thought pattern of attack. Yeah. Okay. If it's That's if it's a great a, idea. if it's attack mode, but if it's if it's just sort of oh hi, hi you know you're a dog coming up to say hi and right. well I guess I guess you're going to because there's no way to run away or that'll just make it worse. Just keep yeah. the leash loose and try to you know breathe and stay you know. I find there's a lot of dogs that people have in their front yard that if you walk past with your dog on a leash, just come racing up to just bark their displeasure yeah. about the fact that you've walked past their are they, territory. Are they leaving the yard? Not leaving the yard, thankfully. Okay. So, yeah. But uh, it can make for a tense walk uh, if yeah. you've got a huge dog <laughs> smacking right. up against wow. the fence to yeah. yell, I'm going to murder you, <laughs> you know, over and over as yeah. you walk past, you know. So you can focus in any any environment where your dog is, where your dog is distracted working on focusing on something constructive like walking out your side. So if your dog knows right here, then you practice the right here command, establish it with no distractions first. And then if there's a lot of people have like predictable houses in the neighborhood where they know, oh, this is where, you know, Jimmy, the whatever breed lives and that dog's going to rush the fence. So, you know, the house before you get there, put your dog in a right here and then just start heavily praising your dog. Good right here. Good right here. Good right here. You can have treats with you. Periodically give them a high value reward and just try to focus on what you want them doing for you as they're walking by. Um, so good questions. Um, just wanted to real quick announce Independence Guide Dogs. Uh, we're going to be talking with the founder, Toby Willis, um, who whose guide dog Zakai? Uh, I had Toby on the show I think last year. Um, he's retiring, and Toby is the founder of Independence Guide Dogs. It's a local um, guide dog nonprofit that trains um, guide dogs for people who are visually impaired. And uh, they're having an event coming up, a uh, fundraiser on the twenty sixth in Mount Baker um, neighborhood. I've posted a link to this uh, with the information about this event on our homepage. Um, If you'd like to come out and meet the organization and learn more about them and support their causes, um, definitely do that. Um, Again, Saturday the 26th. Also on Saturday the 26th, earlier in the day, I'll be emceeing um, the City Dog Magazine cover model search. So hopefully see you there too. We'll be back next week, Wednesday, live at 2 p.m. Thanks for listening to The Dog Show with Julie Forbes. 